May the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I invite you to look into the book of Colossians chapter 3, and there you will find our sermon text for this evening. I want to make it very clear to all of you children that this sermon is about children, and it is for children, and it is to children. And your parents are welcome to listen, but I'm going to be preaching to you. And so I want you to listen carefully to what God says to you, for you, and about you. If you're willing and able, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy word from Colossians 3. And I will be reading from Colossians 3, 11 to 17, and then jumping down to verse 20. The word of God says, Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, But Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive, and above all, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. May God add His blessings to the reading, the preaching, and the hearing of His word, and all the church says, you may be seated. We're going to look at two things today. This is for the adults. We're going to look at the imperatives and the indicatives, but not in that order. The indicatives will tell us who the children are, and the imperatives will tell us what the children must do. So you parents keep a close eye and ear on all these things. But now you children, I want you to listen, because the Apostle Paul has written some things here for you. He has written this part of his letter to you, not to other people about you, but he's writing to you. And in the context of this letter, he says some really important things about who you are. And we want you to know who you are in Christ. And so I want to remind you that what Paul has said throughout the letter about wives and husbands and adults also applies to you. Throughout this letter, Paul has described the people who received this letter as saints and faithful members of the church, people who are filled with faith, hope, and love, people who have been delivered from darkness to light, who were once alienated from God but now been reconciled to Him, 
They've received Christ the Lord and they walk in Him. They're filled up in Christ. They are members of His covenant community, circumcised without human hands in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, baptized into the death and life of Christ, buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through the faithful working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. These are people who have been made alive by God. They have died to the elemental spirits of the world in union with Christ. They've been raised with Christ to be seated in celestial realms. They're undergoing spiritual formation, a change. They're putting off the old self in Adam and putting on the new self in Christ. Now, I know that you children don't understand everything that I just read. And to be honest with you, I don't fully understand everything that I just read. We're growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus together. But the bottom line is this. I want you kids to know that Paul is writing to you and your pastor is speaking to you not just as ordinary, normal kids that you find everywhere in the world, but to a special group of children. These are people who have been baptized into Christ. You are baptized Christians. You are members of God's covenant family and you are growing up in union with Christ. That's a lot to say about children. Children, we want you to know how special you are as members of this church and of God's family. We want you to know that you belong here. Even if you don't always understand everything and what everything means, and even if you feel like some of what we do is a little bit boring and strange and doesn't always make sense, maybe it's even confusing to you. I want you to know that it's okay if you feel that way. It's okay. Because as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, all of these things are going to make more and more sense to you. And you're going to feel more and more comfortable believing them and doing them. So let me show you what I mean by this. Okay, let me illustrate something for you. Now, this is where I need to see a show of hands. And that will let me know that you're actually listening. Okay, so you kids out there, I'm not talking to your parents. Uh, Parents, nudge your kid. How many of you kids have gone to college or graduated from a university? Anyone? But how many of you kids like a team that is from a college or a university? Like how many of you like the Aggies or the Sooners? It doesn't matter if I don't name your team, but you, you have a team, right? Uh, the Horn Frogs, anyone? I don't remember all the symbols. The Texas Longhorns, anybody go there? <laughs> Now, why do you have those shirts and why do you like the colors of those schools and why do you cheer for those teams if you've never been to those schools? Well, first and foremost, it's because your mommy and daddy like those places and they want you to like what they like because they believe it's good for you and right for you to do that. And that's why in your houses, I've seen this happen, uh, you all wear the same team colors, you all wear the same jerseys, and you like to do this especially on game days. You probably have special food that goes along with that. And all of this helps you to relate to each other and identify to each other and with that school and with that team. And it helps you to become a part of a tradition that is older and bigger than you are. And that's pretty cool, isn't it? Here's another example. How many of you kids like cheeseburgers or tacos 
pizza. Yeah. How many of you kids like coffee? Couple? Good. Coffee? Sweet tea? Dr. Pepper? Chocolate milk? You like those things? Now, why do you like all of that food and those drinks? Where'd you get the idea to eat and drink those things? We got it from mommy and daddy, right? Your mommy and daddy probably like those things, and they want you to like those things. It makes mealtime much easier when everyone likes the same kind of food, doesn't it? But it also shows that you are having a shared experience, that you're getting to do something together. You get to relate and identify with each other. And then you get to tell people outside your family that our family eats tacos and we drink coffee and that's a part of our tradition and that's part of what makes us who we are. So if you come to our house, you're going to eat tacos and drink coffee. That's if you come to my house too. Well, I want you to know that this is how things work in God's family. This is how things work even in God's church. In God's family, we all wear the same team colors. And we eat the same food and and we drink the same drinks. The water of baptism says that we were washed and we wear Jesus Christ. God clothed us in Him. The Word of God is the milk and the honey. It is the the bread and the meat that we eat. And then the bread and wine at this table of communion are the body and blood of Jesus. And they remind us that we belong here. We belong in God's family because we belong to Jesus. That Christ is all and He's in all and He's in us and we get to be a part of each other. So when you were baptized... Your pastor spoke God's word to you and he put water on you in front of the church. God adopted you into his family and he put his name on you and he made you part of his family. He took off your old team jersey, the one that had Adam's name on it, and he gave you a new team jersey, the one that has Jesus's name on it. And he clothed you in the colors of team Jesus. You're a part of Christ. Now, you might look at yourself and say, well, I don't see these clothes. But it's not important for you or for me to see the clothes. It's important for God to see them. When God sees those clothes, He sees you wearing the colors of Team Jesus. It makes Him so happy. And it makes Him happy because He sees that you are one of His children. You're a little kid who fits right in with this big family and you're wearing the family colors, the team colors. You belong to Christ. And by wearing the colors of a team that you can't see, by wearing the colors of team Jesus that God gave you in baptism, you get to identify with God's family. And you get to show that you're a part of this family and that you belong here just like your mommy and daddy belong here. And the more you grow up in God's family, the more you're going to get to enjoy all of the privileges and the benefits that come with being a part of this family. They come with being a part of one of God's children. In other words, you're going to get to pray to your father in the name of your brother Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. You get to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God and to one another as you did before worship today. You get to share your life and your stuff with each other. You get to learn God's holy word together. 
And you learn it in stages. When you first learn God's Word, you take it in like little babies taking in milk. It's, it's easy. It's sweet. You bring it in and it nourishes you. But then later on, you take in God's Word like big kids. Like the big kids take in solid food. You need more to chew on, more to eat. And then a little bit later on, you get to eat and drink the family meal at God's table. You know that every time we come together on the Lord's Day, we eat and drink the same food. We call it the Word and Sacrament. We eat and drink God's Word in the Psalms that we read, in the Word that we read, in the sermons that we hear, but also in the bread and wine that we take at the table. And everyone who has been washed with water in the Word, and everyone who loves Jesus and believes in Him, and everyone who has come into Christ, gets to come to this table and take the solid food of the gospel together. When we eat this bread and drink this wine, it's our way of reminding each other of the most important story in the world. That our big brother Jesus died on the cross for our sins and was raised to life from the dead and that he will come back again to take us all home. So it's our family tradition. It's part of what makes us who we are, and it's a part of helping us become part of a tradition, a truer and better tradition that is older and bigger than anyone here. So in the book of Colossians, when the Apostle Paul says, children, he's talking to you. He's not talking to other children. He's talking to you and children like you. But where did Paul learn to talk to children like this? First and foremost, he learned it from Moses. When God gave the law to Moses, he said to all of his covenant children, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Paul also learned to talk to children from Jesus. Let me see a show of hands. Do you children remember the scripture reading that Mr. Bo read before the sermon? It was a long time ago, wasn't it? So let me remind you of what he said. When God gave the gospel through Jesus, he said people were bringing even infants to Jesus that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them and said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child shall not enter it. Now what was happening in that story? Well, in that story you had some mommies and daddies who wanted Jesus to take their babies and their children in his hands and bless them. But the disciples wanted to protect Jesus from all of those noisy and messy kids and those squirmy and rowdy children. So they tried to make the parents go away and take the kids with them. Now, I don't have to tell you that there are some pastors and some people who are still kind of like that. They want kids to be seen, not heard, or they just want them to go away. They don't want their mommies and daddies to bring them to Jesus now. They want them to wait until later on when things are more convenient or the kids might be bigger. But think of what Jesus says here. Little children don't bother Jesus. Little children belong with him. 
He tells us in his word that we must be very careful not to despise little ones for two reasons. One is their angels always gaze upon the face of our Father in heaven. And second reason, our Father in heaven does not want any of these little ones to perish. Little children, what I want you to hear in this moment is that God the Father wants you to be saved in his son Jesus. He wants you to come to Jesus because it's good for you. And Jesus is the safest place in the world for you to be. The Father wants little ones to be saved. And so Jesus tells us to let the little children come to him because he loves them and they belong with him in his father's house. He wants mommies and daddies to bring their children to him no matter how little they are. He was welcoming those little babies in that story and bigger kids as well. Now, why does he do this? Because he wants to bless you. He wants to give you a new name. He wants to welcome you into his father's house. He wants to receive his little brothers and sisters into his family. He wants his brothers and sisters to wear his team colors, just like the rest of the family. Anyway, Paul learned to talk to children from Moses and from Jesus, and we're learning to talk to children from Paul and Jesus and Moses. And just as they spoke to little children in their place, so we want to talk to you today in our church. Little children, Jesus loves you. He loves you, and so do we all. And that's why we're trying to teach you God's Word and pray for you and tell you stories about Jesus. We want you to know Jesus and to love Him. We want you to trust Jesus and obey His Word. Not just now, but now and for as long as you live. And you know, your mommies and daddies want the same thing for you. That's why you're here in this moment. Your mommies and daddies bring you to worship, and they bring you to Bible class, and they take you to MCs because they want you to know Jesus. And your mommies and daddies pray with you and read the Bible to you and talk to you about the things of God. They even discipline you, tell you no about some things and correct you on other things because they love you and want you to walk in the way of the Lord. And that's why some of your parents even brought you to the Lord for baptism. They wanted God to give you a new name and new clothes and a new family. So... Jesus makes it clear and Paul makes it clear that little children like you are really special and really important. And you know why you're special and important? Not just because you're so cute and cuddly and not because you're so innocent and nice and sweet. That's part of it, maybe. But the real reason you're so special and important is because you are in Christ. And you're part of his church and a part of God's family. Little children are so important to Jesus that he actually calls them the greatest people in the kingdom of God. Sometimes we come to church and we think the most important person, the greatest person here must be the pastor. But that's not true. It must be the person who leads our music. And that's not true either. No, the most important, according to Jesus, are the little children, are the little children. They're so important to Jesus that he actually refers to little children like you as worship warriors. Think about this. 
In one place he says, Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. And let me explain to you what that means in very concrete, simple terms. What that means, little children, is when you say the Lord's Prayer with us, and when you recite the creed with us, and you sing the doxology with us, and you lift your hands, in that moment, you are fighting against the devil. You are waging war against enemies. And you're doing it in the power of God for the glory of God. All of that to say, Jesus loves you little children and so do we. And we want you to know now and always that you are just as much a part of God's family as any of the big folk are. And you are just as important as the rest of us are. Now I know that for some of you that might be very hard to believe It may be even harder to understand. But Jesus says that all of us, big adults, are supposed to become like all of you little children so that we can receive everything that God promises to give the members of his family. So those are some great things that God says about you. But how does he expect you to live as children, as Christian children in his family. He expects you to obey your parents in everything. Now, here's what it means to obey in everything. It means to hear what your parents say and to do what they say. Are you still listening, little children? Mom and dad, make sure they hear this part. I know that sometimes it's easy to obey, but sometimes it's really hard to obey. But with God's help, you can do it. So when your parents tell you to clean your room or take out the trash or play with your sister or share your toys or feed the dog or turn off the video games or put down your phone or do your homework or say your prayers or read your scriptures, get ready for church or whatever it is they ask you to do, just do it. Just do it because you are a part of God's family and this is what God expects you to do. And when you do it, make sure you do it with the right attitude. Do it in a way that you're taking care of each other. Be friendly and kind to each other. Look for ways to help mommy and daddy around the house. Try to take care of your little brother and sister. Stay calm. Don't get so agitated. Take time with things. Try to get along with each other. Show mercy to each other. Don't pout and throw fits. Don't fight and argue about every little thing. Learn all the Bible stories you can. Memorize your catechism. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for your family. Thank God for your church, for your food, your toys, your health, your friends, and everything else. Now, most kids obey their parents and do what their parents want just so they can stay out of trouble. They don't want to get grounded. They don't want to get lectured. They don't want to get a spanking if that happens in some families. But that's not the reason Paul tells us that children should obey their parents. You know why he tells you you should obey your mommy and daddy? Because it makes God happy. It makes God happy when you obey your mommy and daddy. And that's the most important reason to do anything, isn't it? Is we want to please God. We want to make him happy. Well, the last thing I want to say is this. A little word of encouragement for you. 
You might be surprised to learn this, but all of the people around you, all the big people around you, had to obey their mommies and daddies at one time. And even Jesus had to obey his mommy and daddy at one time. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus was a little kid, like 12 years old, he was submissive to his parents. That means that he honored them, he respected them, and he obeyed them. And his mother was so happy about this that she treasured up all these things in her heart. And you know what? It didn't kill Jesus to obey his parents. No, the scripture says that he kept on growing more and more in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. So Jesus understands what you're going through. He knows how it feels to obey mommies and daddies. And he wants you to be like him. He wants you to do what he did. And so, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Now again, you can only do this with God's help. And so let's ask God to help you and trust that God will help you in his time. Let us pray together. Oh, gracious Father, you have adopted us and our children into your family in love. And you have made us your sons and daughters. In wisdom, you have given us household rules that we may know how to live and move and act in your family. O loving Christ, our Lord, you have blazed the trail for us and you show us the way to obey our parents and honor our father and mother in the Lord. O Holy Spirit, you have come to dwell in us and conform us to the image of Christ and seat us in heaven and seal us for the day of redemption. O triune God, you see your children growing up in a broken and confusing world. We ask you to show them that your ways give more life than the ways of the world and that following Jesus is better than chasing after selfish goals or empty dreams. We pray that they will take their failures not as a measure of their worth, but as a call to seek you and as a chance to see their worth and value in Christ. Give them strength to hold their faith in you and to keep alive their joy in your creation and their hope in your redemption. And may their restless hearts find holy rest in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.